1: see
2: what happens in our life is this you're here today and you're not a believer yet and you say well I'll become a believer kind of when I'm ready and I really don't want God messing up my life now and I I like my suitcase I like my own will I I like doing my own stuff and and uh, I can do a better job with my life and I really don't need God now eventually I'll need him but I don't need him you know what hell is hell's just agreeing with you you didn't want God in your life now God says I won't be part of your life forever So if God isn't in hell, there's no hope, there's no joy, there's no peace, there's
0: no forgiveness, there's no comfort. Each of us have experienced several different cases of regret throughout our lives. Whether it's due to poor financial decisions, doing something we knew was wrong, or missing out on opportunity, we've all had our share of regret. Typically, we shrug it off and learn from our mistakes, but how do we think we would handle an eternal state of regret? In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark gives us a sobering example of what eternity without God would be like. In our study, we learn about the seriousness of making the decision for Christ before it's too late to do so. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled Your Final Destination.
1: To me
2: the path of life in other words as I start on this life he I'm following Jesus he makes known the steps that I need to do the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord I'm not blindly walking this I know exactly what he wants me to do and while I'm doing it he fills me with joy right now incredible and then when I get to heaven well there's eternal pleasures at his right hand, forevermore. How about a wow this morning? Wow. He so said, can you really like say wow in church? Is it okay? When you and I get to heaven, it's going to be a lot of wows. But before we get there, there's a lot of wows right now, aren't there? Jesus says there's two gates and there's two roads. Then he says there's two crowds. Notice how he defined the two crowds. Many... Few. What is Jesus saying? This is a prophecy. This is a prediction. You see, when you and I, if you drive into a town and you don't know the town, and you're driving to at lunch, you're looking to go to a restaurant to eat. You drive by a restaurant, I know you've done this, and you see this sign, and you go, Well, that looks like a great place to eat. Eat, and your wife says, Honey, there's one car in the parking lot, that has got to be the owner only. What do you do? You just keep on trucking until you find lots of cars because that means there must be good stuff inside. Jesus says the opposite. He says when he looked from that 2,000 years ago and he looked to the end of time, he said there's going to be very few people relatively who choose the narrow gate and the narrow road. Why? Why? One reason is because you and I, and understand my terminology, haven't been very good salesmen. We haven't told people how incredible it is to serve God. In fact, sometimes we're kind of like the other way. and I go to church again. You know, a couple weeks ago, in this stupid marriage seminar, trying to work on my marriage. God help me, just give me a new wife, that'd take care of it. <laughs> and now they got this fun day at the church. Come, Can you imagine a comedy day at a church? And my kids are bugging me, I gotta come there. And you're telling this to an unbeliever, And then you say to him, hey, by the way, our church's pretty exciting, would you like to come next week? He's going, huh? Let me ask you a question. And I mean it in a very positive way. When's the last time you invited someone to this church. past well, Pastor Margaret, it's not my gift. I don't have time for that kind of stuff. Really? No, the reason you're here is to be a mouthpiece. Most people think church is boring. They're after your money. You certainly couldn't learn anything that's practical. You'd have to sit for an hour. And in this church... An hour and a half, that's hell in itself right there. (laughs) You shouldn't have laughed. That was the wrong place to laugh. (laughs) Who's going to change their thinking? If you're a Christian, raise your hand this morning. You're going to change their thinking. Because you care enough to open your mouth and invite I want to challenge you. We got two or three more weeks of these warnings. They're all about our eternal destination. You pray about inviting somebody next week. God, burn it into their hearts when they leave this place. Not because, well, I invited somebody now, I know they're coming, that's okay. No, no, put in your heart. You see, the crowd on the road to destruction is many, on the road to salvation, few. Well then why should I even I mean few sounds pretty small. Well, few isn't small. I want to show you a verse from Revelation. This is a picture in heaven. Notice there's over six billion people on the world right now. We know probably at least a quarter of those people are born again, love God with all their heart. That's a lot of people. Look in heaven. Revelation 7, 9. After this, I saw a vast crowd. This is saved, people. Got on the right road, got to the right destination. I saw a vast crowd. Too great to count. Hallelujah. Too great. Well, where did they come from? West Melbourne? No, they came from Mims and West Melbourne. No, look where they came from. From every nation and tribe and people and language. And what were they doing? Standing in front of the throne... Before the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to that day. By the way, that's a wow. Because that means people from all over the world, from all generations, made the right choice. But here's a key I want to give you. We'll back up for a second. We learn a principle from this. Following the majority is not a wise thing to do quite often. Because Jesus says the majority is wrong. You say, well, I'm just going to follow the crowd here. Careful. The majority was wrong. The people that are going down the broad road, they're wrong. And lastly, there are two destinations. Jesus teaches the truth that the road is not the destination. I'm going to give you four lies from Satan today, I'm doing them quickly. There are only two destinations. Here's lie number one. You, you won't find them on the overhead. Just think about them. You can think about them in your mind. Get the tape of the DVD later. You need to do that anyway. Number one, you're talking to people. you talk about life after death. Here's what they say. Well, death is end. We go back to dust. The candle goes out. It's over with. It's over with. It's finished. Is that what Jesus says? No, Jesus says in Hebrews 9, he says, Just as man is destined to die once and after that, the judgment. The other thing you might ask is if a person says to you, Well, when you die, that's it, you're in the grave, you go back to dust, we're like the animals, that's over with. Ask that person, How do you know that? What book did you read that in? If he gives you an author, say, Well, what else did this guy write? You see, because where are they getting this? We know what they just said to us is a lie, we have the truth. So don't be intimidated by people who feel wise. Actually, they're very foolish. This is man's idea, not God's. Number two lie. Death means reincarnation. In other words, we keep coming back. It's playback time over and over and over again until we get it right. And then we're worthy to go to heaven. Knowing you, it'd be a lot of times coming back to get it right. (laughs) And knowing me, I'd be here with you every day. (laughs) No. Jesus says, through Paul, man is destined to die once. See, there are no reruns. There are no second chances. Number three line. Some of you have been told that there's a, a temporary place where... Well, we can be cleansed of our sin. We're not good enough when we die, but we can go to this temporary holding place and and we'll be good enough because people pray for us, give money for us. And eventually we can move out of this temporary holding place. You know the place. Some of you were taught it was a place called purgatory. Now, I want to be kind, but I want to say this to you. You won't find that anywhere in here. And it's devastating because it gives false hope. Let me show you why it's so crystal clear. If there is a purgatory, if there's a third place that I can work out of and eventually get to heaven, you think Jesus wouldn't have said it? How many destinations does Jesus give us in our little simple passage in two? How many destinations do you give me? Tell me. How many? Two. Three? No, two. Two. Not two and a half? Not four? Not three? Not twelve? Two. Two. There's only two. Heaven or hell. That's hard. But that's the biblical truth. Hebrews 9.27, you know it. Just as man is destined, to I once, and after that to face the judgment. That brings our fourth lie. It's a big one. Hell doesn't exist. All people go to heaven. That lie says there's how many destinations? How many did Jesus say? Who will you believe? Here's something you need to remember. I use this at a funeral. Every funeral I preach, I use this. Say, Pastor Mark, I don't believe any of that stuff. Let me tell you, here's a loving warning to you. Ten seconds after you die, you will be a believer. But it's too late. See, our destiny is sealed at the moment we die. There's no replense. There's no second chances after we die. It's over. So Jesus gives this warning. Now, what when you see this warning, what Jesus says is there's a very real hell. And a very real heaven. It's very real. And very real people will fill both of those places. What does the Bible say about hell? I don't want you copying this down. I'm gonna go through it very quickly. But in Luke 16, we know some things about hell. Number one, hell's a real place. It's not a figment of somebody's imagination, it is a place. Number two, it's a place of unending torment and suffering unending we don't even know what that means it's hard for us to understand that it's a fixed place in the story of lazarus and the rich man the rich man wanted to change and he wanted to and and he was told no it's a fixed place you can't change it's over it's a place where there's nation of teeth the bible says nation of teeth is just a regret We've all had them. You make a decision, later you go back, oh man, you just grind your teeth. What a stupid decision. That brings the one I think that's difficult for us. Hell is a place where you feel, talk, listen, see, and remember. You see, this regret is difficult because that means I believe you'll go back to the times when you were presented the opportunity to enter and you refused i don't know how horrible that will be but it's got to be horrible you know in the story which is a true story of the rich man and lazarus here's another kind of fun thing you'll get with people who get a little embarrassed about speaking about eternal damnation or hell and here's what they say to you "Amen. Hey, man it's gonna be a party place It's gonna be like you know, football games at the front man, we're just gonna have tail part. Man, it's gonna be awesome. All my buddies are gonna be there, we're just gonna have barrels of booze, and we're just gonna have fun, women everywhere, it's just gonna be incredible. That's not what Jesus said. In fact, in the true story, the rich man said this to Lazarus Lazarus, I got five brothers that haven't died yet. Would you please go and warn them? Do not come to this horrible place. Sound like a party place to you? There's no words to put what hell's like. We can't imagine it. And it's forever. You'll be in one of two places. But the worst thing about hell is this. Hell is a place without God. You see, what happens in our life is this. You're here today and you're not a believer yet. And you say, well, I'll become a believer kind of when I'm ready. And I really don't want God messing up my life now. And I, I like my suitcase. I like my own will. I, I like doing my own stuff. And, and uh, I can do a better job with my life. And I really don't need God now. Eventually I'll need him, but I don't need him. You know what hell is? Hell's just agreeing with you. You didn't want God in your life now? God says, I won't be part of your life forever. So if God isn't in hell, there's no hope, there's no joy, there's no peace, there's no forgiveness, there's no comfort. Who in the world would want to spend forever there? Well, what about heaven? Is there any good news about heaven? Yes. Let me give you a crazy illustration. What comes to your mind when I just said the word heaven? For many of us, I don't know where we got this. We got us dressed in a white gown. And we're finding this funky white cloud to put our bottom on. <laughs> and we got this harp that we've never played before. And this is heaven. Al, this is great. I can spend eternity doing this. Not. If that's heaven, I don't want to go there. But what is heaven? Heaven is a real place. It's a prepared place. John 14 says, Jesus said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. It's an incredible place. And if I go away, I'll come back for you. It's a prepared place. Now, when you look around this world, do you, do you th- with the, the variety and the, the traveling that I've done and that you've done and the and the different birds and animals and insects and skies and my, and this is just our little teeny world. When you look at that, do you think heaven's going to be like less? No. It's a perfect place. It's a secure place. Anybody remember when you could leave your front door open with no lock and 22 alarm systems? I remember those days. It's a safe place. It's a comfortable place. There's no death, no crime, no grieving, no pain. It's a pleasure place. You talk about party animals. That's going to be us. Because, see, I'll have a new body. Hallelujah. For those of you that won't recognize me, you know what I'm gonna be like, don't you? I'm gonna be 6'3 and trim and got muscles. And the only way you recognize it is my old voice and my Balmer minutes. They'll be there. But I'm gonna have a perfect body and I can go anywhere in the universe. I'm gonna be busy doing things. I'm gonna be serving with my gifts. I'm gonna be, it's a brand new heaven and a brand new earth that God creates because He has to get rid of the sin thing. And we have the universe forever. To be with God and to be with family and to be with friends. You see, when I think about heaven this morning, my dad's there. My mom's there. My brother's there. That gives me incredible hope. Because I'm going there. But the best thing about heaven is God's there. And the reason is, why is that good? Because I was created to be with God forever. It fits It's just right. And I get to worship and thank the one who had a plan for me that included the narrow gate and the narrow way, but the incredible paradise forever. You see, the future is your friend when you know the Lord what do people in our country believe about heaven? Recent survey, 63% of people believe, well, good life gets you to heaven. In this article just this week, this is an update to that. Here's the question. Can a good person who doesn't share your religious beliefs, in other words, about Jesus, can a good person attain salvation or go to heaven? Answer... 79% 79% of the people said, yep, don't have to be through Jesus, can be any way, as long as you're good enough. 79%. 80% have it wrong. But notice the last thing. Do you think you're going to heaven? 90% say, yeah. They're wrong. They're wrong. We say, Pastor Mark, what's the big deal? They're wrong. They're wrong? Well, how big is it a mistake if I get to the wrong destination? That's why we have the truth. That's why you need a DVD and a tape and give it to somebody and start a conversation this week with somebody at work. What happens after life after the grave? What do you think? Not confrontational, but loving. Why does Jesus warn us about this? Because he knows Satan's devices. He knows the mistruth. I want you to write this down. Jesus is not a way. He is the way. You see, if I'm not careful, we go down this path of my own wisdom. And the Bible says in Proverbs 14, there's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. You might be here today and say, well, I got my own way. Well, I already know that. But if it doesn't include the narrow gate and the narrow way, your destination has already been determined. It's hell. How important is that? It's the most important question you'll ever ask yourself in the whole world. I have this picture. It's in the office. And it's a picture of the verses we just did. There's a road, it goes to heaven. Do you see it? It's the cross. Then there's a road that goes to hell where the flames are. It's hard for you to see on this, but there's masses of people on that road and very few on the other. This is exactly what Jesus taught. There is a heaven and there is a hell. There's a narrow gate. It's very narrow. You must ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and you must begin following him. It's not an event. It's not church membership. It's not something you did when you were 17, got baptized, and basically do your own life. That is not going to get you to heaven. It's a narrow road of following him. You have to set aside your will. As you look at this, I want to ask you a question today. Which road are you on? You see, if you're on the wrong road, you're going to get to the wrong destination. If I could this morning, I'd weep for you. And I thought about it a lot yesterday. The last thing I would want is someone here saying, Well, I believe in the gate. I know there's a Christ. I'll think about the gate, but you never walk through it. And you end up in hell. With a memory of the times you've been in this church, the gospel was presented. You can see my face, but you fail to take the right action. You see the road to hell? It's paved with good intentions. It's paved with them. Oh, I know it's the right thing to do. I'll get it in my time. No, today is the day of
0: salvation. Many of us have missed out on amazing opportunities due to either poor decision-making or putting things off for far too long. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark discussed the ultimate opportunity that many will miss out on. In our study, we learned about the eternal regret that will take place in the minds and hearts of those who reject Christ. With this sobering lesson in mind, we learned the importance of sharing the gospel at every opportunity. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. One of the most common techniques used against us by the enemy is to take a form of truth and to twist it so as to deceive us. From redefining sex to turning moral absolutes into honorable suggestions, the enemy seeks to destroy both non-believer and believers alike. In our next message, Pastor Mark will continue to teach us how all of our lives end in either one of two destinations, and how the enemy seeks to turn us astray. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.